This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast today is Rupal Patel, founder and CEO of Vocal ID. We believe that vocal identity is is such an important part of someone's personality, of how they think of themselves, and how whether that's an individual or whether that is a company or an organization, the voice is really metaphorically part of their and, and sometimes figuratively part of their identity. The social mission behind what we do at Vocal ID is to give voice to those who are underheard or not heard because they have some kind of a speech disability. Voice is so connected to individuality that if everything sounded the same, it's it also means that it, they all have the same value proposition or they all have the same kind of roots. The ultimate kind of application is where not where that we become dependent on the technology, but that the technology really facilitates interaction between humans. What I mean by that is if the if the technology is really helping us connect to individuals in ways that are meaningful, then then it's done its job. This is Rupal. She's an internationally renowned peace scientist. She was named a voice visionary in 2019 by VoiceBot and listed among the 50 most creative in business by Fast Company. Rupal is a sought-after public speaker on the future of voice AI. Her work has been featured on TED, NPR, BBC, Wall Street Journal and more. She holds two patents, a degree in psychology from the University of Calgary, a master's and PhD in speech-language pathology from the University of Toronto, with postdoctoral studies in speech acoustics at MIT. The company she runs is called Vocal ID, a voice AI company that creates unique synthetic voices. Vocal ID was founded on the belief that every individual should have a unique voice, regardless of their vocal ability. And this triggered me, hence I invited Rupal to my podcast. We explore the wealth of opportunity of voice technology, not only for those that have lost their ability to speak, but also to give a voice to brands and to all the products that we use on a day-to-day basis. By listening to this podcast, you'll learn three things. Firstly, why voice is still so underutilized as a mechanism to connect and interact with the users of our products. Secondly, how voice can help take adoption of your product to the next level by its ability to create a unique bond with the users, to build trust and to change behavior. And thirdly, that your role as a product owner is not to reinvent everything. Sometimes you're better off 
using readily available components and understand their value proposition in context to what you're trying to achieve. So Rupal, thank you very much for joining my podcast today and making time available in your busy schedule. It's my pleasure, Tan. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I got introduced to you by another podcast guest that I have, Radhika Dutz, and she was speaking highly of you. And when I like, visited your website, I also got inspired by what you do, and I think that's going to be the, uh, a very good topic for today. But before we start, an interesting aspect always uh, for my guests is to get, to get to know the, the guest a little bit better. So if you would pick three words to describe yourself, what would they be? <laughs> Tenacious, curious, passionate. Very good. Got a couple of them in that are mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> passionate gets overused, I think, but I feel like... Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's what drives a lot of things. And the curiosity part is a very important one as well in order to stay, to, to stay relevant about what you're passionate about. Yeah. It's where the, the whole thing starts to become more of a flywheel from a business perspective. This, so I really like that part. I had a complete podcast around the topic of curiosity, by the way, with Dr. Diane Hamilton. Ah, okay. So if you would absolutely recommend you to read her book and possibly even get on her podcast as well, because she's always looking for curious people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds yes. good. Yeah. So well, your, uh, your words intrigue me. But getting into the background for the, the company that you started, which is called Vocal Idea. What is the big idea behind it? What, what is the, the problem you saw that you thought this needs to be solved? Yeah, so we believe that vocal identity is, is such an important part of someone's personality, of how they think of themselves and how, whether that's an individual or whether that is a company or an organization, the voice is really metaphorically part of their, and, and sometimes figuratively, part of their identity. And for us, what we saw, you know, our, we got our start and our, the social mission behind what we do at Vocal ID is to give voice to those who are underheard or not heard because they have some kind of a speech disability. And that's sort of what was our beachhead. And now we're doing something very similar also with organizations that are wanting to be part of the voice first revolution and needing to have a vocal presence. So we think for so long, things that have been voiced or technology that has had a voice has been a very small segment of the population, meaning that the voices are pretty typical and, and not really diverse in terms, not just of accents, but the whole broad range of each of us has a unique voice that conveys who we are. And yet the voices we hear on radio and television and so on are pretty, pretty narrow. And so we want to open that up so that the messages that are heard are really being heard by all and, and feeling you know, trusted by all as well. Very important. I mean, I've seen your TED talk. Was it? Yeah, it was, your TED, it was a TED talk you did uh, where you yes. were explained how this works. For everybody on the podcast that is listening, check it out because it's fascinating how it comes alive there and how, it, how you can really get, it, yeah, get your identity back as a person. But I mean, the, the new part for me was that you started to connect it to, to business. And I think that's a, that's a fabulous idea as well because... Every business at the end has a, yeah, it's, it's become, well, if, you, if your brand is important, you want to make the voice and, and how the voice sounds also part of that. And, Absolutely. Especially today, when you think about all of the technologies in our world today that are speaking to us, 
Right. And, and today we might have three to five different devices that speak to us, our laptop, our phone, uh, you know, some kind of digital device. But we know that with the, the explosion of the Internet of Things, but also the, what we call the voice search revolution, where voice is being given to many different inanimate objects and applications that well, we can't afford to only have a, a finite segment of voices that are being heard for many reasons. I mean, you and I have different voices so that we can localize who's talking, right? Similarly, as more things start to talk to us, we can't all have you know, just a small set of voices. But the other thing is that voice is so connected to individuality that if everything sounded the same, it's, it also means that it, they all have the same value proposition or they all have the same kind of roots. And that's, I think, the differentiation piece of it. So, you know, not just for figuring, making sure that there's a variety, but really to, to show what your product or application, or if you're using this as assistive device, your individuality is through that yeah. voice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, yeah, in marketing at the end, a lot of companies use stock photography, stock yeah. photography. Yeah, and a lot of them end up with the same photos. Yeah, which of course is not what you want, and the same is true at the end for uh, yeah the vocal version of that. Absolutely, and sometimes you know we haven't really started using this term, but I do feel like voice branding is is really in some ways what we're doing with companies, but it's a little bit more than that. It's also sometimes discovering what that voice should be because I think many of us take voice for granted. It's so. It's sort of just part of our innateness, right? So we don't necessarily think about it or examine it. But when you're an organization or a company and you are selecting which voice is going to be your brand voice, maybe it shouldn't just be one because your audience isn't just one monolithic audience. It's actually uh-huh. multifaceted. And so some of the conversations we're having is, well, what, it, what should that brand voice sound like in a particular area? for a particular demographic, for a particular application. And it, you know, it's not just the voice as you think about it as sort of everything together, but even things, subtle things like what's the rate of the speech of that voice? You know, fast talkers prefer fast talkers. (laughs) Extroverted people like to hear extroverted speech. What does that mean? It's oftentimes faster. It's oftentimes more melodic and so on and so forth. So there's a lot more to voice to unpack than what we think of as sort of this one aspect of the voice yeah yeah i mean it's, it's things like trust yeah emotion it, there's so many things to that degree yeah absolutely i mean yeah. I, i've been looking at it sort of, i mean recently i've been working on the on, on my my first book and one of the things was to figure out like what is the cover going to look like and if you look at all the aspects of just a cover and what it says beyond the words on it it's incredible so that's that's a voice of course as well so what is, what is the opportunity if we get this right, if, if this is implemented in a way that how it was meant to be? What is the opportunity? Well, I think the yeah. opportunity is really connection. To me, any type of technology, the ultimate kind of application is where, not where that we become dependent on the technology, but that the technology really facilitates interaction between humans. And I think one of the things that, artificial voice and AI voice can do is help connect people to people through this technology. What I mean by that is if the, if the technology is really helping us connect to individuals in ways that are meaningful, then, then it's done its job, right? If, if what it's doing is really taking over certain kinds of 
behaviors or, or uses, then I, I don't know if it, it truly meets the mark of what I would think of as a social connector. Correct. And I think you've, you've hit, yeah, you hit the nail on the hammer on, hammer on the nail, the nail on the hammer. <laughs> the nail on the head, yeah. Oh, you have the same problem. The, the nail on the head, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have an idiom issue. Oftentimes I get that wrong. But <laughs> no, but that's true. It is about connection. And once the click is there, then a lot of things start to, start to come from there. We think what fascinates anything. me, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, but you think about any media, right? You take a photograph. What is the point of the photograph? Is it the point of the photograph is that when you communicate that the photographers communicating that to the people that are observing that photograph, they're trying to capture a moment. And when the person who sees that photograph feels that, you know, what is in that signal and makes that connection, that is powerful, right? Not the fact that the camera led to this photograph, but it, obviously the camera was necessary there. I think similarly in this voice-based technology world, the fact that we can do these things and touch people in ways that are meaningful through voice, that's what makes it, I think, an empowering technology. Fascinating. So what always intrigues me is how did you get to this idea? What, what was the, the, the spark for this? So I am a speech scientist. And when I started off, so I've been studying speech for, for, for decades now, I guess I could say. And I think my initial passion was really to, to look at, I was working with people with speech disabilities, and I was trying to understand what they could still do with their voice. So I often see the world sort of as a glass half full rather than half empty. So I'm talking about people with severe speech disabilities that had to use a device to talk. And... Yeah. What I did in my doctorate actually was look to see what they could still control with their voice. And what I was finding is they could still control the melody of their voice because despite having a speech impairment, whenever they could use their voice to communicate, even if they were vocalizations that didn't have the same meaning as speech does, they would use that. So with familiar communication partners or to get attention or whatever. And so what we were finding in the work that I was doing is that there was still something harnessable in their voice. So the early work that we were doing was trying to define what those characteristics were, what those features were. And then we were trying to build technologies that could, that could identify those signals and use them to do simple things like control a mouse on a screen and things of that sort. So I was presenting some of my seminal work at a conference and back in, actually it was in Denmark, and this is 2002. And what I observed soon after my talk was I'd gone into the exhibit hall and I'd seen what happens at this conference is clinicians come, researchers come, as well as individuals who use these technologies. So it's a pretty broad conference and it's an international conference that happens a couple, every couple of years. What I observed is that the voices on these people's assistive communication technologies were all similar. In fact, I saw a young girl and a grown man talking in the using the same voice, but a different kind of device. The girl had a picture-based communication system. The gentleman had, you know, one where he could type out words and so on. And it just struck me as that if we are saying that each of these individuals has a unique voice that can be harnessed, why are we giving their voice box the exact same voice? Yeah, so that, that was the beginning of, of the things, in, you know, of the, of the idea. It wasn't until a few years later that I was able to get some research funding for this and start working on this area because honestly, there's not very much preserved control in when you have such severe speech impairment that much of what we were trying to do initially was say, is there consistency in anything that they can do with their voice? And often there is, 
And that was what we were trying to, to harness. But that was the sort of the, the first aha. And soon after that, or a few years after that, I guess, we started unpacking how we could do that. I think the real idea didn't come until we, we saw that there would be people wanting to and interested in volunteering their voice to help us create a unique voice for individuals. Interesting. And uh, yeah, that, of course, started with, with giving people their voice back, which I think is, is super because there's so many people out there that uh, have lost their speech and now they uh, have an ability to, well, to, get, to create connections again. And that's uh, what it's all about. So how did you make the pivot, the pivot to businesses then? Yeah. So, okay. So I think I have to go back a little bit. I mean, what, when I started the company, the company really started because what I saw was that people, after that TED Talk actually, that people were, were interested in volunteering their voices. Because what we were doing in the laboratory was we were taking whatever essence of the voice that the individual who couldn't speak was, uh-huh. was able to create. And we needed healthy talkers to, to donate some voice. And we had a few, you know, few dozen voices of that sort that we were trying to mix and match and try to create this voice in the laboratory. When I gave my talk, I sort of put this call to action out to say, would you be interested in volunteering your voice for someone who couldn't speak? And we had thousands of volunteers. And so I spun out the company thinking, well, if there's enough people wanting to do that, then we can actually make this happen for more than just a couple of dozen in my lab. And as that was evolving, I mean, we wanted to make this technology available to more than just people with disabilities, because that is really the only way to push the envelope on the technology and to make sure that there's continual funding for this work as you go forward. And what was happening too, is that was the beginning of the IOT revolution. And Uh essentially we were seeing that more and more devices were starting to talk. I mean, there's some there's some limitations to that because oftentimes those are small things like toys and and appliances, which don't necessarily have a lot of computation in them. So what you can, the kind of voice you can put on there is pretty limited. But we started seeing that if we could make individualized voices for people, potentially that could also be the case for products. Let me make a small interruption here. RuPaul just made a smart remark about how one of her three characteristics, curiosity, played a key role in finding adjacent markets for her product. The fact that technology to give people or brands a voice could equally be used to give our products a voice as well. I've mentioned it before, curiosity is one of the 10 key traits of a remarkable software company. It's of high value to the viability of your software business. So if you want to know how your company scores in relation to the 10 traits, and where you could put more focus to unleash the remarkable effect inside your software business, simply do the test. You can find it on valueinspiration.com slash remarkable index. Back to the interview. The interesting thing that's happened now though is, is with 2017 with smart speakers really exploding out of nowhere, right? Yep. That's the fastest growing communications technology that we've ever seen. Faster than in term faster than faster adoption than radio, mobile phone, even TV, nothing has gone so fast, has been adopted so quickly. And so the, the pivot really, not pivot, but the expansion to, to business, I think that it was always part of our plan. I used to talk about it in early 2015 and people would kind of say, well, I don't need my, you know, my GPS to sound like my wife. And, <laughs> and I said, well, that's not it. It's not going to just be GPS. It's going to be so much more. And frankly, I think it's taken way too long, (laughs) but it's been part of our master plan all along to say, okay, we need this to be a ubiquitous technology so that it can continue to grow. 
Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, the way you're talking about these devices and Siri and Alexa, for example, I think are the most well known. But I mean, and you have your, your navigation system in the car, it, it talks to you and it talks in a way better quality than ever before. And there are so many more opportunities for that. Yeah, and I think a lot of the applications that we are seeing today in terms of the way voice is used is is very functionally. And by that, I mean that it's mostly for information transfer, right? Like yep. your GPS doesn't tell you more than just where to go. But we've started seeing that people have, or companies have started to think about, well, how can we add humor? How can we add delight into these products by you know, putting the celebrity voices that weren't really synthetic voices, they were just ways to break up the interaction. And I think, you know, having devices be informational obviously has value, but this is going to be much more important when we're thinking about these devices or technologies or applications facilitating human connection. So think about the healthcare space. If you have an app or a robot that is meant to, say, engage with someone who is elderly in their home, it's not just about information. It's about that social connection. Perhaps it brings you know, up memories, but the memories are going to be spoken in ways that aren't just going to be you know, do you remember this? Like, and Alexa's telling you this. It has to be something that brings the person in. We don't have movies that are all narrated in the same way. We that's use right. voice in a very powerful way to, to make that connection. And I think that's really where we'll see the utility of this technology is, is not just for information, but it's for, you know, all sorts of things from connecting people to people, thinking about, powerful moments, thinking about persuasion. We use our voice in deliberate ways for sure. these different actions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, last week I did a, a workshop whereby I taught sales how to pitch. And I mean, one of the things that I highlighted specifically outside of the, the, the theory is tonation is extremely important yeah. uh, to make your point. And I, I, you highlighted this uh, in extremely well. So, Talking about the, the product then, I'm a product guy from, from origin. Yeah. What do you believe that you've done in the, let me see, you've, you've started the company in 2014. So that route, that, that journey from, from then till now, what have you done specifically to make the product what it is today? Well, we've learned a lot. So in our initial customer base, you know, folks with, who have speech disabilities, we learned what voice custom voice meant to them or personalized voice meant to them. And in many cases, so we had sort of these two populations. We had one population that was born with a speech disability. And so really the buyer and the user were different. They were usually kids whose parents were trying to, you know, create this voice or build this voice for them. And what we learned oftentimes is that voice is really about preference too. It's not just about re- it's not just about accuracy of getting that voice to be like what we can make scientifically accurate to their voice, but it's also about preference. So sometimes we would get from those customers comments like, well, that voice sounds okay, but my daughter or son or sounds stronger, sounds more compassionate. How can you make the voice sound like that? So voice isn't just about accuracy, it's about preference, you know, and that lesson probably could have been learned from the Polaroid and Kodak lesson as well, right? They you know, accuracy isn't the, isn't the holy grail. And I think when you think about, but as a scientist, when you look at that, we were going for accuracy initially and we learned, well, it's about preference. The other thing we learned for people who had a voice and were losing their voice and were able to bank their own voice ahead of time, that identity was so 
it was just so important to them. And so getting ahead and making sure that they were able to bank their voice ahead of time, yeah. that was a population we didn't think about because honestly, we thought that already existed. That's not innovative in some ways in terms of, so what? You know, all synthetic voices are made by someone recording their voice and then remaking their voice. But what we were doing was offering them a service to do that at an individual that was affordable, right? And we made it very easy to use and so on. And so even though that isn't really innovative in the sense of the technological innovation, we had innovated in methodology. So I think sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs or technologists, you know, you go in thinking everything has to be reinvented and everything doesn't need to be reinvented. It just needs to be, I think, in some ways productized in a way that someone can access it and understand the value proposition of it yeah that's true yeah yeah it's understanding what 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 your product needs to have to differentiate itself but and then figure out who has already done the parts that are, that are not so differentiating but absolutely needed yeah and even as we talk to businesses today many businesses will often some of them that are create, creating let's say applications or devices where there's a, a huge ai component and a lot of it's this conversational aspect of say the right thing at the right time And they often don't think about the voice. And when we start telling them about, well, you know, it's important that that voice matches what you're trying to get it to do, what you're trying to get the human to do. And they're like, well, we'll just put an Amazon Polly voice on that. We'll just, you know, slap on some other voice. What they're missing is that that's the final interface between the technology and the person that your customer. And if that is generic, it is not going to create the bond and the, the affinity that you want it to. But it's hard to get that through people, you know, people's thinking initially because they're, they're so fixated on, well, my product is about the AI and it's being able to say the right thing at the right time. Uh-huh. That's great. But if it doesn't sound like something that they can trust, they will not use it. People have, take have you it. Have you seen the, the impact of that in reality? I mean, in terms of maybe adoption or what the product was actually able to do before or after? So I think we start seeing that in applications like that are much more on the social side or the, like a, a health side, a mental health side. We haven't, we've seen it more in entertainment as well in terms of, you know, people there, they don't question, should, that voice, should there be a voice that is like the population. I think, I don't actually think there's enough of that quite yet, honestly. I don't think people are, I think, I think you're seeing that in entertainment where people are selecting different voices for video game characters or whatever it may be, or even, you know, live ads and so on. But you're not seeing that in the, in the AI technology quite yet. Okay. So the product is there and you've, You've, you've put a number of technologies together. You've, you've done some innovation yourself. Then when you bring it to market, when you first went out, I mean, I think this is, I've never heard of, of the technology that you've used. Maybe you are the only one in the world that is offering this to businesses. So what did you learn in the, uh, in the experience of selling? That's a long sales cycle. <laughs> there's a lot of evangelism. It's a long sales cycle? It's, there's a lot of evangelism right now because I would think that yeah, I, I think it's very, it's still early. It's still early in terms of, products that are that are starting to become voiced so i think also there is the technology itself has changed so when we listen to synthetic voices today in in our everyday environment like siri cortana alexa so on and so forth 
those are all concatenative. They're basically, there's a human that records for a lot of speech and then you glue together little bits of speech to create new novel sentences. It's very expensive to build a voice like that. And, and so many smaller companies don't think it's accessible to them. What has happened in the last decade is that there are new methods based on machine learning and new AI methodologies to create voices faster, cheaper, with less data. And that's what we're deploying now. And I think a lot of times companies don't even think it's accessible to them. So oftentimes Uh it's, let's say, that's where the evangelism comes in. That's where, why it's important. They ask questions like what you just asked in terms of, well, what other data is there? And the only data that's out there is actually on human speech. And they, they say, well, for human speech, that's fine. But how do we know that's going to be true for, for, you know, for computerized speech? And they still think of it as the robotic voices you hear in the, you know, your parking garage or your ATM or something of that sort. Yet the technologies come really far. So I think a lot of it is education right now and awareness building. And then you, what we find is that the ones, the companies that are at the forefront of thinking about this are typically sometimes they're brand com- branding agency companies or their agency, sorry. And so I think they're, they're also trying to convince their customers that yeah. this is the new frontier. So a lot of what we're doing right now is awareness, doing, you know, more working with them, demonstrating proof of concept so that they understand, then doing some market research to show that there there is a benefit over something that's customized and personalized than just a generic voice. So it's it's that early phase right now. Yeah, I hear that a lot. But that, I mean, that's maybe also the whole purpose of the podcast, to highlight what is available these days and make people think how to take things to the next level. And that starts with education and evangelism. It is what it is, but likely then it can go pretty fast. So it's good that you're finding some, some influencers. And I think brand agencies are indeed a very good way to do that. Yeah. So talking about, well, the book that I'm writing, I, I told you about that. It's about the 10 traits of a remarkable software company. And I'm always interested to get the view from people on my podcast about what they believe yeah, is required. Maybe one aspect of it to be remarkable is what you do. Have you got an opinion on that? I think a lot of it has to do with being able to be nimble. I think that the flexibility that small companies have in order to be able to adapt to the market is a, is a real benefit. And the other thing is, you know, without, be, without giving up <laughs> the core of what you believe that needs to be done. So being nimble enough to make some small changes, but not getting too far off track, I think are... Mm. Is, is a tension, a constant tension in a software company because software is, you know, software is different. It's not like you have to, you know, it's not like you have to change the entire machinery or if you're like a hardware company, but at the same time, you have to have the discipline to make sure that you're not completely jumping lanes constantly. And I think that that makes it both challenging, but also exciting because things can happen quickly. Yeah, I agree. Can you give an example of, of, of anything that, well, I wouldn't say fails, but that was a challenge that required a big decision? Yeah. So I think for about, for about nine months or so, we had taken a, a slight sort of diversion in what we were doing. We were, we were approached by a large 
global asset management company, a bank, to do some penetration testing on their voices. So essentially, we were building synthetic voices, and then we were using those to see if they could fool the voice authentication system that the bank had sort of deployed across their customer channel. And the reason we were doing that is because as the voices became more and more human-like, they were concerned that there could be voice fraud. And, and we pursued that because, you know, we wanted to see other, other applications of our technology. And so we thought, okay, well, we'll build these voices, we'll do these pen tests, and we'll see. And if, if they are successful, then we'll build the technologies that sort of protect the voices from being misused in that way. And so we were able to show that, yes, we could, we could go, we could penetrate through their voice authentication systems. And then the next thing we thought was the obvious thing was to build the, the tools that would protect the voice from being misused, right? So like I said, you know, great example of because we're a software company, we thought, okay, we can also solve that problem. Even though we're still continuing to make synthetic voices, we were trying to then also add in the protection pieces of it. And, a completely different area. Yeah, it is. And, and you can justify to yourself, oh, well, you're still making voices, but then you're adding in another layer onto this to, to keep them from being misused. And that was how we rationalized it. And, and we started pursuing the banks and, and other banks and telling them that this was possible and they needed to, to be careful about this. And also government organizations that were concerned about this. What we found after about nine months of pursuing that and all the business development we did around it is that the level of fraud just wasn't high enough for the companies to invest in it, regardless of whether we had the technology. So we had the technology. We had the countermeasure done by the end. We had all of it. And the market just wasn't ready for it, right? And so I think that's a, one of the things that's tough because here we got paid for the initial, you know, pen test work. We thought, well, the next step, the obvious step is to do this. We knew how to do it because we were technologically able to do it. And yet, you know, market wasn't there. And, and that yeah. we had to then get back to, well, the, luckily the market continued to grow, you know, in this, in the area of more and more things starting to talk and customization being important. And so we had to also then say, what we get back on track again, right? And so I think that was that was tough. And it meant there was growing and shrinking in the company. There were resources that we had to park for a while and, and, and change around. And that's significant in the life of a four-year-old startup to have Absolutely. you know nine months spent in this way. But I, I don't think we could have done anything differently in, in many ways. That we had to we had to pursue that it at that time. Yeah, the question at the end is what you learn from this and how can you prevent this going forward? Yeah, or I mean, we now have actually, what's interesting is we now have some technology that makes our, makes our voices actually that much more, you know, I don't know, desirable by companies as well, though, because we do have some of those protections, right? We do have some of that already built in. So if yep. you have another company that's making a custom voice and it doesn't have some of these tools as well, it, then, you know, it could be misused. So you could think of it as a diversion, but you can also think of it as what well, we've learned something and from that we can apply that as well. So it's not- and You have at least something that is uh, differentiatable. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So five years in business, what has made you most proud? Maybe an example, both on, on the individual side and on the business side. I think any time that we hear from someone who is using our voice and typically this ends up being individuals and it touches their lives, so that they are, you know, now able to speak again and, and or through a device. But 
they can hear their voice and they tell us, you know, send a message around, they, they were at a family reunion or a birthday party or something and people heard their voice and how, how important it was to them and their family members. There's really nothing as beautiful as that. So I think, That's you know, that part is hard to beat. No company is probably going to make it to that ranks. But I think, I think the other thing I'm most proud of, though, as a, as a collective is what we as a team have been able to, to do. We've, you know, we've had a, we've persisted. We've persisted when, you know, in the face of a lot of like the fun, the first stuff that we did with the, with people with disabilities, not really fundable in the sense from VCs or even angel groups. And we have continued to evolve our technology. We've continued to push forward. We've continued to believe that there is something here that's bigger and worth fighting for. And, I think we have never given in to, you know, or given up on that, which I think I'm, I'm proud of the team that we have. Very good. Glad to hear that. So kind of to, to, to finalize this, from, from everything that you've learned so far and uh, yeah, the, the tidbits of wisdom, I always call it, what would you advise your colleague, yeah, tech entrepreneurs that are on a similar type of mission or on, on, a, on a mission as well? What would you advise them to do or not to do? So a number of times we've had to sort of say, well, what is, what is really the, what is the purpose of our company and what are we willing to, you know, how much are we willing to fight for that purpose? And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be sort of a mission. It is, what is the end goal? And if you look back and say, okay, I, we, we still feel like we've made a difference in the world. We've made some change that's worth it. I think that you have to kind of spell that out. And people often think, oh, it's, you know, for vocal ID, it's something like working with people who can't speak. But I think it's a bigger mission than that. And that is to, to really think about, to push the envelope on where the technology can be, but also what, who is being silenced. I don't think it's just people with disability. I actually think that when you think about voice today, we are not in being inclusive of the fuller part of society. We don't hear Dutch voices. We don't hear certain accented voices. You know, it's not just accents though, but it's, it's a range of, of voice. And I think that tapping into the power of voice, whether it's for connection, whether it's, you know, I think there's gonna be things with analytics of voice. I think we're pushing something bigger than what people yeah. initially first see. And I think that's really important to define for yourselves. The other thing I would say is that this is really a long-term journey. And we hear lots of stories of fast unicorns and all sorts of things, you know, things that happen really quickly. But when you're in it, it feels long. When you look yeah. back at it and you say, well, what have I done in, in four years? It's actually quite exciting. I mean, there is no way if we were still in the laboratory that this much work would have been done in four years along this project because we've been doing obviously other many other things in the, in the academic setting as well. So I just, I think that there are times that we need to pause, reflect and celebrate the small moments because those cumulatively arrive at bigger moments. Well said. I like that. No, I must admit I, I need, I mean, this applies to everybody at the end, whether you're running a, a large company, small company, or as an individual, that reflection part is super, super powerful. So yeah. what is next for you? What is your biggest aspiration with Vocal Idea? Well, we want to be the voice inside. I mean, we, we think that voice is, is really, there's no better time to make voice the hero of your product. And we're excited to play a significant role in this. I think that we've brought a lot of awareness to this issue. 
but we don't want to just be first to the awareness. We want to be, you know, working with big companies and organizations as well as, as anybody who needs what we can do for them. Well, that leaves me with one question. Where can people go to find out more about your company and say hi to you? Yeah, so you can go to vocalid.ai and if people are interested in, uh, organizations are interested in the custom voice, email us at hello at vocalid.ai. If people are interested in, in contributing their voice to someone who can't speak, then go to vocalid.ai slash voice bank. So there is a lot of ways to get involved with what we're doing. Excellent. Well, I will make sure that this comes out loud and clear in the podcast in the final version of it. So thank, thank you. you very much for your time today. Thank you, Tana. It was a pleasure to, to speak with you today. The pleasure was fully on my side. Thank you for that. And this leads me to say a couple of things to my audience. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and potentially even got inspired to contact RuPaul to see how you could embed their technology to give your product a unique voice. Rest me to ask, please share what your thoughts are about this episode. And if you like it, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thanks for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Rupa Patel, founder and CEO of Vocal Idea. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So. With this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in, and you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. questions we've got answers business leadership ownership and sales can be challenging tune into the accelerate your business growth podcast to learn from the world's experts join me your host diane helbig as i chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business you'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas tips and suggestions you need to realize greater success Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.